Hello and welcome to The Library Coven, a bi-weekly podcast in which two bookish besties discuss mostly YA fantasy through the lens of intersectional feminist criticism. Why? Because critique is our fangirl love language and because talking about books is pretty magical. I'm Jesse, And I'm Kelly. And today we have a super special guest. We are so excited. Would you please introduce yourself? Well, hello, everyone. Um, I'm Rennie Amayo. I'm the author of Daughters of Enri um, and a publisher at Onway. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, we really appreciate having you here. And we're very excited to talk to you about books and publishing and lots of other things. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the return of the Earth Mother series? The first book, Daughters of Nuri, is already out and the next book descendants of the first releases in october of 2021 yes um well the the series itself is centered around these two twins um goddesses who are separated at birth they have no idea that they're goddesses no idea um that they're twins and they live in two separate parts of the kingdom. The book itself is set in ancient Nigeria um, and in the ancient um, Nigerian kingdom um, called Enri, hence Daughters of Enri. <laughs> and they're in these two opposite, they just live these two opposite lives. One lives in this like very political um, palace, um, the other in, in a very, uh, in a village setting um, and basically that the book kind of just goes through the series of events event of events that happens that kind of throws both of their lives up into the air um, and then also sets them on this path where they get to discover themselves their powers and and eventually each other um, so that's I think that's the series in in a nutshell all the things we love about YA, you know, getting to know who you are, getting to discover your power, and then also like figuring out what's fucked up in the world and where you are exactly. in that context. Yes. And yeah. as we often say, like chaos ensues, like the book starts out, you think everything's good and then chaos ensues, like without yeah. a doubt, every time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I love that part. And I, I think, you know, what you said about just like the, how messed up the world is is like such a huge part of the, the whole series because I feel like for me I think there were a few things that kind of was just happening in the general world as we all know um but just the wild things that just happen to everyday people where it's just like where is the justice in this what is actually happening who is running this system because <laughs> something feels like it's wrong um and it was just I think that there is I feel like that is such a strong theme in the book particularly in the in the second book where it's just like okay well things are crazy um and how do we solve this and you kind of like see them fumbling up and down like um I think the way that that Daughters of Henry ends I think it does open up this question as to like what do you ultimately need to bring down a system um is it sort of getting rid of figureheads which I think from history we know that that's not the case or is it actually breaking down like the, the fundamentals um of the structures that we just have built up um so yes I love that you picked up I love that you picked up on that because that's literally where my mind's been at just literally just like oh trying to deconstruct 
what's going on in the world and and um I think it's that, it's that essence of like returning back to the earth mother so in the the, the earth mother um it's really kind of like a symbolism um for for balance um for those who don't know um I focus on one of the deities of um Nigerian Ibo culture um Allah so she's uh, this earth you know goddess who is she's so complicated she's so complicated because she's just full of duality which is why I love sort of like experiencing her through these two twins you know on, on one hand she's like this very like mothering and nurturing goddess but on another hand she's also like this um enforcer and disciplinary dis- I can't say the word <laughs> disciplinary I can't say whatever that's the new word I've, I've formed but she, she's you know <laughs> she's like this really like a hardcore person who's also like you know in charge of the the underworld and um I said it one time like in um you sort of like get these um images that people the ancient Ibo people made of this goddess and you have her with like a baby in one hand and a sword in another um and it's that element of like life and death and war and birth and that that ultimately you have this balance within her um so that's like the the whole series like trying to return back to like having the earth at peace or not at peace balanced um in in a sense um so yeah and I just (laughs) on a bit of a tangent but it's just like I just love that that I love all of that so much goodness there oh my gosh (laughs) yeah the sort of like the the way that the deity is working with duality and then it lets you play Mm. with the characters and their journey yeah yeah exactly (laughs) do you do you have a favorite twin between Nala and Sinai yeah, oh, so this is such this is such a difficult question for me because it is favorites, but that's literally yeah, what I'm it's, 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 like, it's like it's like picking your favorite child. It's like everyone knows you have one, but it just feels so wrong today. I feel as though it, it's difficult because I feel as though it it depends on um, the it depends on their moments really because I I do feel as though through both characters I'm just able to explore really interesting things so Nala I feel like Nala is probably especially from the first book um has been everyone well not everyone's but most people's like go-to favorite just because she's so um I think she's just so like I feel like she's the girl that we all kind of want to be in the sense that she's so action orientated she's a go-getter she just lives by her own rules and just storms through life um, whereas, you know, Sinai is a much more reserved and much more plagued with like doubts that kind of build up from a life of living under like these huge scrutiny and having this title on you as being sort of like illegitimate. Um, so I, I think, you know, in terms of, of that, I think I do, I, I probably want to be more like Nala, um, even though she can be quite stubborn and she does get herself in trouble. There is like a sort of sense of like freedom in how she's able to like express herself and like make her decisions but Sinai on the other hand she just has such a special place in my heart because I just love this I love the potential for growth in in that character so you know on one hand you have this character who is like you know 
has like self-esteem issues and all these doubts about herself and you know who she is and her place in the world but on another hand you know she is just so powerful um and and you sort of like I you see this coming through even more so I think in in book two where her grasp for the supernatural and uh, magic um is so strong it's almost scary <laughs> and I love that play that I think that's why I'm really I'm super excited about that it, it's nice um it's nice yeah like character um scope um so I think yeah so I do think it's hard to say but I think I do tend to lean towards the knife though I'm over the hills about Nala so I can't I just it feels wrong <laughs> to say that tonight's my favorite but I do lean towards that that character um I think we mentioned at the top I just want to clarify that Descendants of the First releases in October but I'm only positive that it releases in October in the U.S. does it have a different release date in the UK <laughs> no it's the same it's the same it's the okay same release date. so yeah so October, I didn't want to confuse yeah. anyone <laughs> Yeah, no, everyone gets the book in October, which okay. I'm super excited about. Honestly. I cannot wait for the second book because it's all the like the yeah. first one is this like gravity pulling them together, right? And then, yeah, yeah, we're like ripe for the you know the denouement and the conflict that we're probably gonna see in book two. So I'm excited, exactly. Yes, yes. Um, I've just finished um, the hopefully fingers crossed the last <laughs> copy edit um which means that the proofs are coming out soon and I'm super excited about those because like what we do at Onway um we love the like book boxes or like basically delivering the the story itself in almost like an experience so we have these boxes that you know are supposed to pull you into the world almost so with Daughters of Venery we had these um the boxes had sort of like candles that um, were based on the different locations. So, you know, the forest, the Nala, the, the castle for, for Sinai. And um, we had sort of like stuff with the Entebidi symbols, which is like something I use in the book itself and all these other bits and bobs. Um, and we've been doing that for, for all our books. So I'm just really, it's like I'm in the process of figuring out what the book box is going to look like for Descendants of the First. And I'm just so excited because there's, um, way more scope to do really fun things especially because I introduced um some of like new gods into the mix um more so than I did with Daughters of Henry so yeah that's that's exciting and also I'm just happy to be done with like <laughs> the, the bulk of the edits <laughs> that um, last so like copy edit stage is massive that's like a massive milestone yeah. right in the publishing process it's so huge because it's like from from then on it's sort of just like oh everything's fine like before then when especially with the structural edit that's where it's just horrendous well it can be horrendous for me what have time, I done what's horrendous. happening yeah <laughs> it's like that's a point where you just tear the story part by part flip it around and then it's literally a different story at the at the end of that process it's a better story but it's a different story um and that and getting to there is is a labor <laughs> um the copy edit is less it, it's a bit it depends on on you know the the book I guess but it's it's much less taxing but it's still sort of like okay moving through and then the proof is like the cherry on the top where it's just like okay fine yes yes 
turns out I can't spell <laughs> I don't know grammar <laughs> but that's fine and it's just like easy to there move are people on. for that <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah that 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 stage is more so like oh embarrassing <laughs> then oh my god I've got so much to, to get through and how am I going to meet this deadline and all that stuff so yeah it's it's I'm definitely happy to be at this stage <laughs> of the book and it's hard to have like grace and I don't know just like accepting without judging like the messiness of you know of the creative process so oh exactly wow. it's wonderful to hear you talk about it <laughs> I guess kind of along those lines, how does one go from studying aeronautical engineering to writing YA fantasy and creating a publishing house? Like, what does that look like? This is, and we uh, want to hear it, it looks, Oh my gosh. It looks like um, no planning and just going <laughs> with the flow. It's it's honestly, it's, it's so, every time I sort of like look back at like my career path or the path I chose I'm just like you know I mean on one hand it's amazing because somehow like all these different bits all kind of come together so nicely at the end um but it's also just like oh who do I think I am (laughs) um but no because like when I in school I was always sort of like um I always loved maths and English and I still do like maths and English are still my my favorites um and I always I was always like with this tug and pull in terms of like which one I was going to choose to move forward with um and it's funny because um what's always been consistent has been writing so I started writing when I was super like young I started writing properly like more or less than every day um from the point when I was in like year nine which is about 14 13 um and I for me writing was just it was like reading something I was just always going to do but I never considered it as okay this is probably your passion or this is like a career option for you I think part of that is probably just not really seeing black female authors you know or or definitely not like reading them um for for us growing up in the UK it was pretty much sort of like Mallory Blackman who's um the the author of Noughts and Crosses and um Dorothy Kumsoon perhaps and that's it (laughs) um in terms of what was available so I it just wasn't it just literally didn't cross my mind as oh I could be a writer even though that's literally what I knew I was going to be doing forever and what you um, were doing the whole time and what I was doing exactly exactly it just honestly it was it, it's like I never just connected the dots there okay this is probably what your career is um but yeah so then going into university I was just like well you know um and having Nigerian parents it's all about you know what's the practicality here you know what's your job at the end of the day um and I come from a very um like science um science focused family like specifically they're all basically medics you know they're all sort of like in I'm the black sheep of the I've always been the black sheep of the family in in terms of like veering off into engineering um when everyone kind of expected me to go down the doctor line um but yeah so then I um I was just like okay so maths I like maths I like physics 
as I need to do something practical. So why not do engineering? And then I saw like the list of the different engineering things you can do. And then I saw aeronautical engineering and I was just like, oh, that sounds so cool. <laughs> Let me do it. <laughs> it sounds like cool. It sounds like a challenge. That was my mindset. Um, and it was good because actually I did enjoy um, it. I enjoy, enjoyed studying it. I got to do so much um, cool things, like sort of like travel around. And um, I get to say that, you know, I know aerospace and, you know, I get to throw that into the mix of things. <laughs> but when it came to an, actually, an actual career, I was just like, oh, I just, you know, I sort of had... Um, various work experience and I was just like this is not something I want to do it was a lot more um slow paced and wild of life because the projects that you get in in um aeros like aerospace and aeronautical engineering are so long like you're basically working on something for like decades um the same thing and then um because of like the risk involved of being innovative you kind of have to kind of just go back to first principles and is it so for me it just didn't really seem appealing um and obviously like I think with most subjects studying something is so much different than actually working in that field um so then I started off um my career then I pivoted my first pivot was into finance so I started off in in banking which was torturous <laughs> it was yeah. a torturous experience for me um great because what it allowed me to do is um to understand business and understand sort of like startups because then I, I moved from I started up in banking and I was just like oh I hate this I want to you know be a part of something that's actually it feels like it's making a difference in the world the positive <laughs> um yeah and you know I shifted into like the whole like startup culture and that was like super exciting and I think that also sort of like I think it added this confidence where it's just like hey if there's a problem you can fix it you know let's just go let's just do it so I think it kind of like fixed me in terms of like that mentality and then um all the while as I said all the while I've always been writing um so it got to a point where I'd finished um Daughters of Henry and that was as soon as I finished it it was the first time I was just like oh I actually want people to read my writing up until this point I hadn't told any like my friends my family my boyfriend no one knew <laughs> I just in my free time I write books no one knew this because uh, for me it was just like oh it's just it's a personal thing like why would they need to know it's like my hobby whatever um and that was and literally that's how I introduced myself as a writer to uh all these people I was just like so by the way I finished the book um and it was, it was kind of no like deal. okay wow um and that's when I started the process of okay I've got this book out and it's super personal to me so close to, to to be so important how do I get it out in a way that does it justice um so I started speaking to various people like in publishing and I would say I, I was expecting you know the the process where it's just like you're met with rejection after rejection after rejection I was expecting that that path I was like yes I'm ready I can I can take it on the chin um but what what I was met with was quite different actually because why I, I was met with interest but it was like interest with a pinch of salt um it was sort of like it, it I started to very early on pick up on this 
almost like a tokenistic approach towards um, Daughters of Henry. And it very much felt like, oh, great, Black Book, <laughs> you know, that tick um, that, that um, they, they were looking for. And I had some like really frank conversations with like a few independent publishers, like executives who helped me on my journey, who were just like, yeah, this game is, it sucks. Like uh, the, the, the industry has issues and you sort of like get these moments where people have these almost like diversity trends and suddenly it becomes profitable to, um, care about things like that diversity and that's when you sort of like get these responses and I was just like um well that that's crap <laughs> and then really? I sort of like saw yeah no and then it's like and it, it's it's like um they sort of like gave me a few examples where yeah we've seen this before and what happens is well, what's happened in the past is you know you have this moment where it's just like oh yeah let's get all these different authors and then all of a sudden one book doesn't do well and then it all comes crashing down. Right. And I was just like, this, this is not right. Like, this is, this is awful, especially right. for, you know, someone who literally grew up loving books fiercely, you know. So that's when I was just like, well, okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, and then, um, and there was also this part of me that was just like, I just don't want. I've, I've, I'd never at that point I hadn't seen a book like Daughters of Daughters of Henry, where the focus was very much on on black women and not from sort of like, oh, you know, oppression and slavery and all these like really heavy things, but more so on like, oh, power and, you know, growing into yourself and, and you know, a, a different approach um, mm -hmm. that I'd seen so often, as you noted before, in this genre, but never really from the perspective of anyone that looked like me. Um, so I wanted, I didn't want that message to suddenly become tarnished because it had to appeal to a, a different market. Um, and so, you know, me and my best friend, Marion, we were just sitting over um, dinner one day, just discussing the problem. And then it sort of like came out like, okay, well, you say you want a publisher who can do the book justice. Why not make it? You know, why not do this? Um, and that's when I was just like, okay, wow, yes, I that's that's an idea. Um, and I inquired a little more, and you know, so many people were just excited about the prospect of you know um, a publisher um, that would have this approach towards these books that the the industry sort of like puts to the side, and and that's sort of like how the business was um, born, and and it it started off with that really clear mission where you know what we were trying to do is like show that these stories you know that might come from diverse voices or might be about ideals that aren't um considered mainstream um or cultures that you know aren't um that we don't know much about or they aren't centered um these stories are so like everyone loves them everyone it resonates with so many different people and if you you know um market something or if you um take these different stories and market it for who the story centers not who you know not trying to make it palatable to like everyone just just literally just put it out there make it authentic to itself it can still resonate with so many different people 
And it's like, this is a fact, this is something that I know personally as a fact, because I've grown, literally grown up, as a black woman, I grow up, I've, I've grown up literally in love with so many like films, books, um, stories of all shapes and sizes that have nothing to do with me, absolutely nothing. Sometimes they don't feature anyone that looks like <laughs> me in, in any way. And yet I'm here quoting it. <laughs> you know, I, I, can, I can recite all of the, you know, the context. I can feel so hard for these characters and their experiences. And I can fall in love with these stories. So I know that for a fact, because that's basically what 80, 90% of the things that I've had access to. So I know that, you know, we all can do it. Like we're not sort of like these robots. And in in and not only can we do it, but we love it, you know. We've had such a huge like reception and take up from so many different people and so many different walks of life. You know, obviously there's the people who um I've tried to center in these stories who haven't seen themselves and they're just so happy and I feel like that those moments where it's just like I didn't even realize that I was missing this and now that I have it I'm just so excited so you know there's that feedback but then there's also feedback from people who are just like wow I had no idea about this culture this is so interesting like this is something so new um I feel like both like both of these experiences kind of speak to the importance of seeing diversity is not some sort of like oh this you know it's the new trend or oh we have to do this because of this new generation or whatever but as a priority because it's literally just saying the world in our world we all have different experiences and we like part of being human is being able to empathize with other people and connect with other people um, from different walks of life as well as people who you know share your similarities and there's no reason why our books and our content can't reflect that you know mm-hmm. um yeah so that's that's been my journey with it and, and each new day I'm just sort of like it's like confirmation that what we're doing with On Way is super important but then also it, it's relevant and it's needed and you know people are resonating with it so that's been amazing I think in this in this long windy <laughs> journey I've taken so much goodness in that answer oh my gosh I want one of these book boxes I want every book box I know I'm like how do we get these <laughs> and just like CEO writer everything and what you what you were talking about was making me think that like yeah, what you're de- seem like what you're describing is you know how publishing really limits itself when it is premised mm. on the white gaze and it's like yeah it's like a li- and colonizer gaze you know it's just like such a limited yeah and like way of interacting with art and other people and everything and so it's like no we just like mm. just not yeah we could there's yeah. so many other ways right so many other ways do you have any or can you talk a little bit about the process of writing stories set in ancient Nigeria? Like what was the research mm. like? Or, I mean, we're, uh, so you were talking about like the reading experience, you know, for different kinds of people. Jesse and I definitely coming to this as more like the, as the noobs, the outsiders and being like, oh my gosh, lots of this is new. I feel very disoriented mm. and that's great. And I'm learning a lot. Mm. Um, so can you just like talk a little bit about the research process? And Yeah, like, 
so the, for me, like the research, the research process, and even the, to some extent, the book itself, it really started off with like just a series of questions, um, because I I got into a place where I was just so saturated with the type of like black history that were to were told, which is so centered on um, slavery and and that section in, in um, our history and it's you know consequence like its effects afterwards and all, all this stuff and I think that section of our history is so important obviously and it, it has a marked um, impact on us all but it's not the only part of, of black history it's, it's not and it's not even the biggest part of black history um, there's been so much that's happened um, across, you know, the continent of, of Africa, so much contributions in various different fields, you know, like whether it's art, science, like, you know, wars and societies and all these different factors. And I had no idea about any of it, like none. And, you know, my, both my, um, my parents um, were born in Nigeria and they have little knowledge of it other than what sort of like was passed down um from generation to generation um so it was hard because unlike um you know like I guess western history where everything's kind of like documented and everything is seen as oh this is an important factor um you don't really get that um in in um when it comes to sort of like Nigerian ancient history um but what you do have is a few people you know who write um essays um on on very specific parts of like life or um culture um or various aspects of histories um and as I said I did have my parents as a tour you know so I'd sit them down and be like okay so how were how are things done before like ages ago like when you're I'm, I'm talking about you know what are the the true traditions of our culture um which was a fun exercise because that's where you know I learned so many like new and, and interesting things that I had no idea about my own culture um and then it's just a case of as I said just like pouring through like these little snippets that you find in in these articles or in these essays um so it is sort of like grasping <laughs> grasping it at, 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 at straw it feels like grasping at straws at, at um various points but it's also really rewarding because you get to build up this picture of a place that you just haven't seen because it's not sort of like something like you know when you know about like the ancient Greeks and the ancient Rome like the Roman um, civilizations you, you can really picture them and you can see them and you can grasp at these different like their mythologies um I think it'll be amazing if we can build up that same picture across different cultures just because there's so much out there you know when I began this journey I had no idea that um, Nigeria not only had like a mythological system but they had several across different tribes you know I had, I had no idea I'm, and this is coming from someone like I, I studied classics in um, sixth form um, which I don't know how I don't know how that <laughs> translates <laughs> um, I don't know how that translates but basically that period of when you're like between 16 and 18 before you go off to uni um, um yeah so I study like I study classics like I love it was my it was one of my favorite subjects um and I love like mythologies and world mythologies and everything and I had no idea 
that the country that I stem from had this whole like really intricate and exciting um history there um so yeah so, so that so yeah as I said it's clutching at straws and I think um I'm thankful that I'm not a historian <laughs> because it, it's tough I feel like it's such a, it's like a tough space to be in and that would be the space I would be most interested in um so then it does sort of like allow me to go that bit further with like my imagination and to be creative and just to add build up the picture that I can sort of like vaguely see into something that's like really vibrant and like really holds the essence of you know what was um and and I just think it's such a shame because I love history and I think history is so important and there's so much things that we can learn from the past um and so many things um that I just find interesting about about the past and I'm I hope we don't get to a point where we completely lose it because we don't see it as important because it doesn't center um you know white people because I feel like that's essentially what, what it is and I find that would be such a such a shame such a shame if if we go we carry on like as we are kind of neglecting these different histories or these different information and it ends up being lost forever that's one of the things where I'm just like one of the reasons why I'm so adamant about just throwing in these little um nuggets into the book so at least somewhere it's kind of preserved um but yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense and I think Kelly and I as we were like talking about the questions we wanted to ask and this kind of leads into the next question we were thinking about like how you said like we learned a lot about Greek and Roman mythology as kids I for me it was like second grade so maybe like around eight mm. or nine um and we never even thought of like the teachers never even thought to teach us about other cultures like why is it just yeah. Greek and Roman mythology um do you kind of think about that when you're writing your stories and like creating the cultures that you did and playing with mythology, like how it will be unfamiliar to some readers and like how mm. to engage them or like teach them about these other cultures or mythologies? Yeah, I mean, I think when I'm writing, I don't, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't, I don't think about that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I, because, you know, I think, for me I think that we are smart for the most part <laughs> I know there's a few there's a few stragglers out there unfortunately <laughs> some of them are in high positions which is mind-blowing but I think for the most part most people kind of grasp concept, like concepts very quickly um and so my approach has been I'll just throw you in and you'll find your way. <laughs> and I feel like that's been the case um, where, you know, people just like start off in the book and I feel like you, you, you pick things up from context. And um, I do have like for um, the, the translated words, I always like include a little dictionary just so that you can like look back and, and know what the word is. But I feel as though, and maybe that's from someone who like, is an avid reader of fantasy but when it comes to these worlds we do like fan fantasy authors build up these like intricate systems where you end up learning about this whole different fake culture so I think if we can understand what Quidditch is um <laughs> I think we can we can understand you know 
different aspects of Ibo culture. Um, that's sort of like been um, my unconscious um, stance on it. Because as I said, I didn't really sort of like preemptively think, oh, I, you know, I have to sort of like hold people's hands through it. Um, I think from for me, I think um, I think that was an important factor. Um, when I started writing, it was very much like I said. I didn't write this thinking, oh, I'm going to publish it or it's going to be out or, or anyone was going to read it. For me, it was like a progression from reading almost, where it's just like I really want to read this book. So and I can't find it anywhere. So let me just write it. That like that was like the pathway. That that was like the initial like thought process. Um, during the the publishing, um, you know process and journey you know there was sort of like that question about okay well you know what are the who like what are the readers going to think and like how is it going to resonate with them but for me like my priority was the the people who I know who grew up um never being centered or seen or having to like you I I just think honestly sometimes I get my I I, if I think too hard (laughs) about the process of um growing up as like an other individual specifically you know in my case a a black woman and I'm just like wow like everything nothing is for me like nothing like if you think about like adverts like even something as simple as you know shampoo adverts or like lotion (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or food or healthcare like all these things where it's just like oh yes you probably need these things as a, as a human you know in this world none of these things were made with me in mind I'm just you know supposed to get on the bandwagon and I do you know <laughs> um and that's like that's been like my general process so for me I was just like when it became when um it, it came sort of like to think about you know the readers I was just like I want um, I just kept on having this thing in my mind where it's that, that girl who was me, you know, going into the library and going to like the fantasy section and then seeing a book and being like, oh my God, like this book is is for me. Like it's literally written for me. And it's like an experience that I never had growing up. And that was like something I was just like, I want this to translate, which is why, you know, we were so nitpicky about the the cover of the book and what it represented about the story um and yeah so that's that's if there was sort of like you know a a readership in mind it was definitely it definitely happened like after the writing had been done and it was more so um focused on you know I guess yeah I guess giving back um to to those those people specifically those those girls because I've been I've been in that position and I didn't even know that it was something that um was could be available to me um and and I think that process has been such a beautiful thing to see like seeing that seeing it happen um is yeah something that I'm I'm completely you know I think I'll be eternally grateful for, you know, if I do nothing else, I'm just happy that, you know, I've been able to to do that in in my way. (laughs) I just want to like share like really quick story with you. I I bought this book for my library. I worked at a library on campus and I bought it for the library based on the cover, based on the cover alone, because I was just like, this is so beautiful. And I had a student there whose parents had immigrated um, to the United States um, and she 
picked up the book like the second it came into the library because she was like oh these people God. look like me like I want to read this oh book now God. like didn't look at the synopsis or anything was like let yeah. me just get this book I'm like so happy to have people on the cover who look like me and I was just like I love that I just it's it's so beautiful and like I honestly <laughs> so it's great it's working what you're doing is working and it's great yeah no I'm, I'm so happy you shared that because literally it, it's so crazy because that is literally what's been in my mind like that that concept like that scene um that's you know happening so I think uh, yeah it's it's brilliant I'm uh you've made me very happy (laughs) (laughs) magical thinking because you were like this needs to happen Mm. and I am actually gonna I'm gonna put in the work and then make it happen and then it's it's wonderful about the the process of really trying to stay like authentic to like the purpose of you know the the book that you needed to that came out of you Mm. you know that you needed to share Mm -hmm. thank you thank you um do you have any writing rituals and if so, have there been any changes with the panini, aka the pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be, so to begin with, I didn't have any ritual, um, which is why the book got like um, I always say that it took me five years to write Daughters of Enemy, and that always sounds like really like oh my gosh, you're really writing, like you really sort of like focus on it for five long years, when in reality. It was more so like I would go through like these spurts of like three months of like being really like you know good and writing every day, and then you know six months of like maybe writing like a sentence. <laughs> um, so that it was a very like sporadic um, process, um, but this time around when it came to like um, writing the second book, it was the first time I actually had. Uh, um, a timeline where it's just like I, I want to get the book out you know at this point you know people are already asking for it and um yeah I really want to I want to deliver so it was like the first time it was like okay I actually have to write um which in itself was like a re I had to like almost like reprogram myself um and well, strangely enough this weird you know pandemic that <laughs> has taken a a hold of our lives did help me in that process um because what happened was even though I was already sort of like working from home uh, for the most part I'll be going in for for various meetings perhaps but on the most part I was working from home um having everyone else work from home made me I think maybe it was like the content around like adding structure to your day or like all these different tips um that people kind of um shared around um it just made me feel like yes I do need a structure I do need like a program Um, so hard for me yeah you know it's 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 yeah it was just it's like difficult at first but then once I got into the rhythm of it 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 did it did help um and I discovered like what works for me I think that's the most important thing that you know when I especially when I talk to other authors or writers or you know anyone I think everyone everyone has their best time for writing or like best moment some people it's like you know on the weekend or like on a specific day or on a specific time for me personally I think that writing is best in the morning that's when like my mind is the most sharp um so having you know setting aside like the whole morning for like solid writing um where I'm just like you know blocking the world out just focused 
on on the story itself um that's been like a a huge like lifesaver in terms of just getting the book done um and I find that even when um yeah I've tried out different times and I just I just play around I'm just like yeah I'm just gonna write one word and that's it <laughs> like it's, it's it's terrible but that morning time there's something about it that for me I don't know my brain's just like okay time to work um so that's sort of like been um I guess my part of like my my ritual other than that I wouldn't really say I have much every now and then I do pop on a candle um just like I don't know I I don't think it does anything but in my head yeah in my head I'm just like yes because this is I'm setting the scene and (laughs) you know the the scent just gonna awaken the creativity (laughs) oh another thing I do it depends this is more so when I'm like creating like when I'm trying to like um logic my way out of like the storyline or like think about scenes and it is a remnant from how um I used to write before because um or how I used to get ideas before um it'll be you know on my commute I'll have my music in um and I'll just be like thinking about like all different scenes you know that go along with the, the songs um so that's something I do now I'll just have like um, I've got a book playlist so I have my book playlist on which is full of like very like dramatic alternative um music yes. and 80% of it is like Florence and the Machine <laughs> <laughs> it's like me just like listening to that music being like oh my god yes the character could do this and it's gonna be wild and oh my god and it's, it's when I think about all these like you know the action scenes with like all the crazy magic and um yeah that's where like all the wild stuff I think (laughs) comes from um but yeah I think it's like a mixture of the two like actually being focused and just like um playing around but the thing the issue I have with like listening to music is I end up just like dancing I end up just sort of like you know (laughs) going on this like wild dancing spree and then I'll be like okay that's my exercise for today done (laughs) but really it's just procrastination (laughs) but um that's like the the mix that that I have um we had a couple people from Instagram ask about your publishing process now I don't know that they know that you work at own way so it's probably a little (laughs) different for you but what was that publishing process like yeah like it's 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 been weird because it's like I do feel as though it's sort of like wearing two different hats um where you know I have like my author hat who's like super sensitive and don't tell me about my craft and all this stuff. <laughs> and then I have like my publishing hat which is like okay realistically you know you've got to keep the lights on you know so you can <laughs> you know help more authors and put out more books um so yeah so it's I think that in itself is just weird sort of like navigating the two aspects um but yeah as I said like with publishing it really just started off with like first it was like that conversation that I had with with Mariam and then it became um this journey to understanding what being a publisher meant um so that was lots of like meetings with these amazing people who'd done this before and they had their own publishing companies and they were so um generous with like their time and their knowledge so it was like meeting up with these people um after you know google proved fruitless like (laughs) even like simple things like 
how do you print a book? <laughs> and I was just like, surely, like, you think you just ask Google and Google would kindly give you, you know, oh, this is how you print a book and this is how it makes sense. But when I was looking, I was like, no, nothing makes sense. Like, how, how is, how does this work if, if you're supposed to actually make profit? Like, this doesn't really, nothing, nothing is happening. Um, and that's where I got like these answers, you know, about because like, also publishing is a really weird industry where like everything is so opaque, you know, it's almost like it's like this mysterious bubble and everything hides under there, even though everything's actually straightforward and simple. But for some reason, it's like, no, no, we can't. No one should know. <laughs> like, OK, yeah, exactly. Very exclusive. Yeah. So it's like once I got underneath that, um, that blanket um it was able I was like able to sort of like clearly see okay so like these are the different steps that are required to get a book really out there like this is how it goes from a to you know b um and that's I think that was an interesting process and I I would say like I think it's something that most authors don't necessarily do because you don't have to in terms of like walking through literally how does your book get published what are the different things that get are poured into it you know how and why do you know we have things like royalties or advances and how do they work and like what makes sense um and I feel like that was a good learning um aspect for me and I, I've, I've been meaning to sort of like put something out that sort of just like breaks down the whole process so it's clear um with our authors like we have like um our debrief where it's just like okay so basically this is how this industry works <laughs> um and I don't think most people know that um so yeah so for me it was like very much like from the inside um uh, and then just like grappling through the whole like different um the different processes in terms of like editorial and like marketing and and for us at on on way like we were just focused on like switching up the game and like dialing things up and trying to be as innovative as we can be um one because we have to be because we're, we're babies <laughs> we have to like <laughs> shout to make noise um but other just because we're just like well why not like this is such um when we look at the industry it's a very ancient industry very old um that kind of like it loves its routine and it loves doing the same thing over and over again maybe switching a color here or there um and that's how like that's how you get into these um cycles of oh you know um we have to have a comp for these books which is why we have to have the same type of author because we know that this book works whereas that's like uh you know i think it, when you when you're able to kind of open the scope to like what is required to, to perhaps sell a book that's when you get you know interesting things and like book boxes and all these various aspects that we've been able to kind of just throw into the mix um yeah I think um long story short I think yeah I, I definitely didn't have uh, a standard publishing no. <laughs> journey at all but um interestingly it, it meant that I learned a lot more I think about publishing than than perhaps like the standard um author um yeah I would say because you're doing all the things <laughs> and you know what all the things are you know all the things that are going on yeah, it's like, and it's like yeah. self-taught but also self-actualized so like 
Wow. Respect. Mm. That's it really, <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> uh, we both took your quiz on the author, on the yeah. website, and we both yeah. got Mikalu Karandua. Um, which is amazing <laughs> <laughs> amazing she's what so she's a character that i can i've always I, I can say she's my favorite character i can say that for sure um even though I, I, it makes me a bad author no no i don't think so <laughs> i just think the but mentor i feel like they're so good yeah i i, I think for for um for me she's really the embodiment of like all like the aunties that i know who have like such who there's their their comfort you know on on one hand but then they're also like exciting and you don't really want to cross them and then when you like really sit and talk to them they have such a colorful life and their experience is just so like wide um so I think she's all of them kind of just like put, put into this like you know small frail woman um yeah so yeah hands down favorite <laughs> yeah I love that relationship between her and Sinai because she doesn't like let Sinai yeah. get away with like this smallness and like dimming your shine and all that stuff she's just like mm. exactly no no way <laughs> did you have you taken this quiz and if so what character did you get I have taken it and I get different characters depending on the day. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first character I got, I think was Sinai. Um, and I think I did get Mikulu at one point as well. I think it depends on my mood. <laughs> but I think it makes sense because I do feel like I just end up putting a little bit of myself in like all of them and just like adding on diff- different layers or different people and like... Right molding them in, until they're, they're completely different but I think I do kind of like grasp at, at various aspects so it's like a it's like a tough one for me um yeah <laughs> love it what thoughts do you have about how we can be in generative relationships slash conversations with each other as readers and writers mm-hmm. and then in your case as publishers yeah I mean I think I think that as annoying as social media can be um, in in its own you know way and its own web of problems I do feel as though it's really opened up the scope for that process you know so like as um a writer you know um with like I've you know I've got my profile on like Instagram and Twitter and all these stuff and I get DMs all the time from like readers if they just say oh I love your book or like um prospective writers who are just like oh you know do you have any advice and I love to chat so I'm just like yeah like <laughs> going back and forth and it just literally opens up this like fresh new dialogue that I don't think that we were able to really have before um so I think that I think that in itself like these platforms um have a great way of um pushing you know these these conversations between like the different um um groups um and I think I'm I think the more platforms that we have that are specifically you know for these types of like discourse the better um I think you know events have always been like a good um a good opportunity to to connect with different people and of course now that you have like various ways to connect 
um, you can carry on up those discussions afterwards and perhaps have more one-on-ones. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's been good. And I think for us, like um, with Onway, like we are really we're really keen on like building up the platform to allow that to continue. Um, so we you know we tend to like sort of like highlight different um authors like bookstagrammers and and sort of like start these conversations on our stories um just to get like I feel I just feel like we are like it's so into it's such an interconnected community you know in, in the sense that we're all sort of like giving and taking in various different ways so I think that's definitely like a vision and one of the many things we've just been like oh yeah we should do this we should try this we should try this but it's one of the many different things where we're just like it will just be amazing to have like a platform that really connects like readers to writers and essentially that's what we our goal is like we want to connect um readers to specific types of writers um the writers that are like you tend to be disconnected from and not know who they are or like where their work is um so be able to do that on like a wider scale or like on a platform would be amazing um yeah so it's it's still watch the space space, but we're thinking something up (laughs) and just like the way that you uplift these like everyone's agency throughout the process instead of like Mm -hmm. trying to like sand it down just so good yeah 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 so you are also a podcaster correct you yeah are you although in podcasting and we're naughty podcasters (laughs) (laughs) Um, we were doing so well and then we've just like we've been on hiatus like on hiatus and literally every week we're just like okay we have to be serious now we've got to start (laughs) up start up again and deliver because this is too much now Um, and we will we will like we have like for us like the podcast was such a great space because it really allowed us to just like chat about like our content it started off as um just wanting to share the first four chapters of Daughters of Henry and just like have a broader discussion on it and the themes and you know speak to like really cool people um about it um and I think that it just fits so well with what we're trying to do with Onway and I think with our new books coming up there's so much more scope um, to do it so yeah, we we're definitely we've made a promise that we will <laughs> be starting up, and once we do, we're just not going to be these naughty <laughs> podcasters anymore. We're going to be very consistent in whatever way makes sense. Uh, we'll get some tips from you too. The hiatus, the hiatus <laughs> um, happens every once in a while. We definitely yeah. have done that. If yeah, you just put it on your calendar. It just happens somehow. You're just like, oh, I gotta finish yeah. that book. It's gonna happen because exactly. someone yeah. else is holding me accountable today. <laughs> Literally, it, it's so bad. But yes, um, yeah, no, that the podcast was was great and will be great again. <laughs> by Onway Press. Look out for it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just curious what you think about the medium of podcasting. I'd like to nerd out about these things, like. Are there difficulties love, or disadvantages? Love, like, I think, I, the thing is, I love podcasting as like um, just content in general. That's how I started. Um, I started. I was one of the very early adopters with podcasting. I think like most people. Well, sorry, 
I don't know if it's most people, but in my head, most people started off with like the read. Um, that that the podcast in in the New York, um, with Crystal and Kid Fury. Um, it's an amazing podcast. So like interesting, and um, it's like so yeah so like progressive and this like fresh take and you know you've got these two queer people who are just like basically shouting at <laughs> the world and the system and just it's amazing um so I started off with that and I've just branched out into like all these different aspects so I, I love like the the medium of of podcasting as a consumer um and then when it came to podcasting myself, I think that was like really interesting because it's 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 an amazing it was an amazing way to just connect to to various people and just sort of like share like have these conversations really just have a conversation that people get to listen to in their own time. Um, and it was great sort of like seeing how people like responded to various things and you know their comments like oh yeah I agree with you or oh my goodness I didn't know you thought like this <laughs> like it was, it was you know that 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 dialogue which was um good and I do feel like it's very effective um how have you guys found it Jesse you want to go first sure um <laughs> I love it it's definitely a time commitment I think mostly because we're doing like yeah reading books and talking about the books and kind of looking at it from like yeah. a critical aspect so it feels like I think we put these podcasts out and they're like an hour long and people are like oh that's so cool mm. like that must not take that long mm. and I'm like I just had to read this whole book and like prepare and take it's notes good. and like it's a lot exactly. but it's been really fun um I'm in library mm. school right now so it's been great to like read these books that like I want to get into the hands of young people so that's been really fun mm. to like yeah like really dig into those books um yeah and like talk with people on social media like I've met people and that's like so weird to be like I have no idea who this person is but I met them on the internet because yeah. they listen to my podcast right <laughs> yeah like chatting and like talking about books and stuff and I'm like I don't know who you are like this is wild <laughs> it's just a wild place to be um yeah. and I've never listened to book podcasts before we started so it was also just kind of mm. like which is different, you know? So yeah. it's been really yeah. fun. And obviously it's how Kelly and I became friends. So it is, it's true. <laughs> oh, it's so lovely. <laughs> yeah, we met. And then I, I think I pitched the podcast idea to Jesse, like what, like a week or a month after we met. And I was like, like second friend date <laughs> really early on. Yeah. I, like, I can just tell. No, that's great. <laughs> she likes that she, we, that you know, so that we connected good. on a lot of things. For me, it's been like the podcasting, medium one of the things I really like about it is the like the rapport that goes on between the people who are on like the mm. hosts and so it's like mm. I'm a fan of those pop podcasts that are like public friendship archives which is like kind of what ours turns out to be yeah who yeah thing, and then also doing a little bit of political education through like affinity you know so be yeah get, yeah get into the deep conversations and talk about the hard things and have like an archive for that mm. and like as like kind of like a public scholarship sort of thing but also just like mm. fun and making the learning free and accessible and like making some community around it yeah no I love that I love that and we get to learn like during the editing process I'm like oh my gosh we are so funny <laughs> like I'm like yeah. listening and editing I'm laughing so loud and I'm like oh my god this is so embarrassing <laughs> oh I love that <laughs> no it's, it's great it's a huge learning experience 
and I learned I learned so much thing so much stuff about the way I speak and I'm just like do I know English <laughs> do I right because I'm just like literally I just throw in like random words and it's just <laughs> full of like oh but no I think that was yeah that that was definitely a, a learning process um but no I think it's great um and I I definitely hear you on the um time commitment I did not realize that as <laughs> no. going from like a, a listener to you know an actual participant I had no idea <laughs> but yeah it, it's a lot it does take a lot of work so honestly like claps <laughs> and you have to like get used to listening to your own voice that was the weirdest part because the first time mm-hmm. Kelly and I edited I was just like I didn't know I sounded like that <laughs> Yeah, I, like oh notice, like I, I don't know if you do this, but like throwing in random conjunctions, like before sentences, instead of just like pausing I and then do. starting my next sentence, and just yeah. like, yeah, talking is saying so um a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel like eighty percent of my um dictionary is um. Agree, me um, too. Sorry, you guys, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's so crazy, and I was like, I'm, you know, when you sort of like. I actually looked into like okay but how do I adjust this and you know it's like oh you have to think about it you know how you're speaking and I was just like this is way too hard I can't do this like guys <laughs> no, just take the arms the ahs I'm so sorry <laughs> hopefully you understand what I'm saying eventually <laughs> I'll get to the point don't worry <laughs> um oh, see there it goes again um uh... <laughs> What are you reading, watching, and listening to these days? I love this. Uh, okay, so mm, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> um, right. Well, right now I'm listening to. I've been listening to Game of Thrones on Audible. Um, yeah. So obviously, after the the last season, uh, I was an avid watcher, uh, and it was disappointing to say the least. <laughs> Really? And I was really like, was. I just want, I just don't want, I just feel like it was such a great story and, you know, it was so, so great, um, such a great story to follow that I didn't want it to kind of just go down and down in the dumps or like to leave a such a sour tone. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to, and I've never, I, I didn't start off reading the books. So I was just like, I'm just going to start the series again. But it's such a long series. <laughs> so I was just like, the best way for me to do this is to just listen to it on, on Audible. Um, and I've got I've gotten through a few of the books. I think um I think I'm on the last one actually. Um I can't remember the name because that's how I am as a reader. I'm just I am just like, listen, I'm here for the content. <laughs> you can skip all this stuff. Book thing, after book after book. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I'm I'm I think I'm on the last book. Um that's you know on on the story I think there's another book that's sort of like set with like the the house of the Targaryens like a, a while back which I'm really excited about <laughs> delving into uh but yeah so that's what I'm listening to right now what am I watching um hmm, I've been watching what have I been watching I've been watching re-watching a bunch of Modern Family because it's on Netflix now um so, I mean, sort of, like, going through that, like, putting that on the background, a little bit of The Office as well. And, oh, obviously, The One Division, that had me, it was, that had me 
completely like it floored me I love that series so much like it started I feel like like everyone I started off like oh, okay where's this going <laughs> and then eventually my mind was just blown I was just like oh this is so this is too much uh, <laughs> and I was listening it to I was listening to it with my boyfriend who's like this huge like Marvel fan so he is like he was like my he was like whispering in my ear and it's like oh yeah so this this is why this is important like and interpreter. like interpreter is connected to this yeah literally I was just like oh my god this is so good like it was so good um yeah so that's why I was watching uh while I'm reading I mean technically I'm rereading books I'm rereading our proofs so I've been reading a dream country again um as we sort of like do our final edits just to watch out for all these typos and I'm also reading the marks left on her so yeah that's that's why I'm reading which always feels when I'm reading our books it feels like it's almost a cheat read as in <laughs> it's not really reading even though it is obviously it's a book but I'm just like oh this is more so you know um I don't know I can't it's, it, it feels like it's too close to home almost it's, sim- it's similar to like when I'm reading through um my work yeah exactly so it's just like so it almost feels like uh, uh it's not really reading but that's currently what my, my read is um I have a few books that I need to get to reading um I think the the sequel to um Kingdom of Soul you know by yeah. Rena Barron mm-hmm. yeah so I've got I've, I've had the book um on, on my bookshelf for, for a long time so I've got to get to the sequel because I need to know how that story goes <laughs> that's like probably like the main one where I was just like oh <laughs> just waiting to get to that point <laughs> those are so good um and our last question thank you so much for your time um who do you talk to about books and do you think it's magical and if so why mm-hmm. uh I'll I don't know which one to start off with because I was going to be like I absolutely think it's magical that's what, that's what stopped me but I was like okay let me let me make this make sense um but no I speak to my sisters about books and I've spoken to them about books from the very beginning we've been our own little book club um from childhood like we were the type of family where we got in trouble for staying up late reading like that was like my parents like oh why is this happening again <laughs> that's a good problem to have <laughs> I think there was like yeah I was just like literally you know there's I think there was like I think it's from a film or a show or something where it's just like I could be doing drugs here okay <laughs> if your biggest problem is that I'm reading books you should be very happy and I should not be in trouble <laughs> agreed um <laughs> <laughs> but it was so bad we'll just sneak our little torches and it was just like oh <laughs> um but yeah so you know we've shared books um and every all content really from from the beginning but they're the people that I go to and I'm just like oh you have to read this book and they give me um my my next reads as well uh, and I think the whole process with that is so magical because it's like you all get to escape into the same world, you know? And I love that process. Like it's one of my favorite processes about like reading books, even writing books is to just talking about, like just talking about the different concepts and the world and like what people thought. Um, 
that's always what I'm most excited about when it comes to my books and just like speaking to readers I love to just like speak to them as like a reader myself where it's just like oh my goodness so what did you think about this you know like what were you what was your thought process so I can't believe this happened and they're just like you you wrote it (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean I was like yeah yeah (laughs) but that's how it feels like I get into these conversations I'm just like yeah so wild (laughs) um but no I feel like that I honestly feel like it's it's so magical and I've grown up in in that process just with through my sisters like we I love that we were all nuts about books in the same way um so yeah we can just geek out together no shame just head on (laughs) just go for it really um thanks so much for being here today we really appreciated you taking the time to be with us and talking about your books and other books and just everything in general um, thanks for listening to the Library Coven. We hope you've enjoyed this interview with Rennie Amayo. We'll put links in the show notes for where you can find her book and how to find her on social media. Until next time, stay magical. Kelly is recording on Cheyenne, Ute, and Arapaho land. Jesse is recording on Peoria, Kaskakia, Payankasha, Weya, Miami, Muscotin, Odawa, Sak, Meskwaki, Kickapoo, Potawatomi, Ojibwe, and Chickasaw land. <laughs> <laughs>